All right, so let's, um, let's, let's talk about floodgates. Um, we're bringing this series to a close. This is our last Sunday. I'm talking about floodgates. And floodgates, we've said this from the beginning. Um, if, if you're familiar with floodgates, and even if you're not, then they stay down, right? And they hold back. Like I think of a dam, that's, the, that's where I just think of it. Like there's a ton of water in the reservoir, and then there's the dam, and there's floodgates in the dam. And if they open the floodgates, then all that water comes through, right? So when the floodgates are in place, water can't get through. So what we've talked about is unlocking the uncontainable. So what are things, what are keys, what are things in our lives that if we were to do those things, God would be able to open the floodgates and release a blessing on us that we can't contain. Say can't contain. That's really important because in today's society, especially in church culture, everybody's all about making it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm not opposed to that. I just want the kingdom to get bigger. Right? I was in a meeting with pastors just this week, and I, I told them flat out, like, I, I was so appreciative to be with a group of pastors who never said anything about numbers. That's rare, by the way. You know, like, we went around the whole circle, and nobody ever said anything about, about numbers. And I just said, because God's, he's, he wants my church to grow, and your church, and your church, and your, he wants, if I'm growing and you're not, that's not kingdom growth. That's probably transfer growth. There could be a problem, Right? Somebody wasn't faithful. Ugh, I just got ahead. But what I want you to see is that there are areas of our life, and when we're obedient, simple obedience unlocks the uncontainable, right? It allows those floodgates to be open. So we talked about, um, we talked about finances, right? Next Malachi 3.10 is where he says, hey, test me in this. And see if, if when you tithe, if I won't open up the floodgates and pour out a blessing that you can't contain. So our obedience, I'm not going to preach the whole message. You have, you have to go back and listen to it because I don't want you to hate me again. But our obedience to just not tip God but to tithe, that opens a floodgate. I didn't write the Bible. He did. And he said he'd throw open the floodgates and pour out a blessing so great we can't contain it. Forgiveness. We talked about that last week. Forgiveness opens a floodgate. A lot of people walking around, they don't know why they're miserable, mad, why they're having to always see a counselor, medication. I'm not saying everything that I just said is related to anger and bitterness, but a lot of what I said is related to anger and bitterness. And if we're holding on to unforgiveness, we're harming ourselves, right? We're not harming the person that we're not forgiving. They're sleeping at night, and we're up at night. That's a problem. But, but when we forgive as we've been forgiven, and isn't it amazing? I mean, I could pass this mic around, I'm sure, to a lot of people in the room. Couldn't you all give me testimonies about times that you forgave somebody, and then were like, suddenly you felt so much better? It's amazing the freedom that comes when we forgive. And so this morning, we're talking about the last key, and this key is faithfulness, faithfulness. Faithfulness unlocks the uncontainable. Now, if we have learned nothing else in this series, then here's one thing that we have learned. We can't do anything until God does everything, right? So we talk about um, tithing, right? How did you get the blessing to tithe with? He gave it, right? So we, we give because he gave first, right? 
Uh, forgiveness. Why do we forgive? Well, we forgive because he forgave first. It's the same way with our faithfulness. Our faithfulness begins with his faithfulness. You don't get to work it up. Today I'm just going to be faithful. No, it begins because he is faithful. So a couple verses, um, just jot them down. I'm going to read them to you. Psalm 119.90 says this, Your faithfulness extends to every generation. God's faithfulness is present in every generation. There's not a single generation that's ever existed, ever will exist, that won't have a demonstration of his faithfulness. Psalm 36, 5. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. God's faithfulness is immeasurable. You can't pull, I'm always pulling out tape measures because I'm the, I am the home guy who like hangs first and centers second. It's a bad combination, right? So the, spackling is my friend, yes? You can't measure the faithfulness of God, right? It extends beyond the heavens. Psalm 89.8 says this, in the New, New International Version. Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? You, Lord, are mighty. Listen to this. And your faithfulness surrounds you. The New Living Translation says you are entirely faithful. This is a statement of his character. I mean, like, when people say something surrounds somebody, that's impressive, right? Like, everywhere you go, you're just surrounded by faithfulness. I want you to get this. God doesn't do faithful things. He is faithful. It's his nature. And if it's his nature, then that must become who we are. Because we have our Father's DNA. A couple more verses for you to jot down. I'm, I'm laying some foundation here. Are you with me? John 1.1, 1, 1, the Word in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We know that Word was Jesus. 1 John 2, 6 says, whoever claims to live in him, Jesus, must live as Jesus did. Those little bracelets we used to all walk around with, the WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? What it should mean is walk with Jesus daily. Whatever he did, do that. I'm telling you, man, Christianity in America would be revolutionized if people simply read the Bible saw what Jesus did, and then did it, right? Like, I'm not getting on the cross. You don't have to get on the cross. You just have to pick up your cross, right? There's still death involved in following Jesus. So if, if he was faithful, if Jesus was faithful, then we must, what does it say? Live as Jesus did. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly. That's how you hold to the last piece of candy that you love so much when somebody says, can I have it? No, you cannot. I will share it with you if you can open my hand, right? Let us hold unswervingly. That's faithfulness to the hope we profess. Why? Because I read a good book. Because I, I listened to a podcast. Because Pastor Paul was on fire. No. For he who promised is faithful. Because he's faithful, I can hold unswervingly. My faithfulness begins with his 
faithfulness. Let me be clear. I'm not calling you to be faithful because it's a good idea. Or because if you'll be faithful, there'll be some blessing for you. I'm asking you to be faithful because it's who you are. It's your DNA. So when you don't act faithful, you don't act according to who you are. Listen to this statement. I am faithful is a true statement of all believers. I don't live faithfully is sadly a true statement of some believers. Every believer is faithful. If you're here and you're in Christ, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you have said, I was dead and now I'm alive, you, everybody just do that. Say, I am faithful. But do you live faithfully? That's the question, right? I don't have to convince you who you are. You are faithful because your father is faithful. You just got to live according to who you are. I cannot be the only dad who has, from time to time, as his children were going into another house, said things in the car like, remember who you are. (laughs) Right? That's not the Jenkins way. Right? Or the camera way, or whatever, right? Like don't, that's not how mm, that's not how we do it, right? And I don't mean that in a shaming way, but just like in a this is who we are way, right? And I think sometimes it'd be good for us as believers to remember who we are, and to live accordingly, right? Like wouldn't it? It would change your work relationships if you started saying things like, "I want to kill you so bad right now." But I'm not going to because that's not who I am. (laughs) Maybe find a better way to live it out than that, right? Just keep that in your heart, but just love people. So our faithfulness begins with his faithfulness. Now, one reason why we aren't faithful is that, second point, our faithfulness begins in small things. And if I'm just being honest, as somebody who's got maybe a, a touch of or maybe more than a touch of ADD, Small things are boring, right? Like before, they were like, hey, you want to have a snowball fight? Does it involve throwing things? Absolutely, right? Let's bounce some beach balls up in here, right? I mean, I'm all about the big stuff. I love it. Small things can feel a little bit boring. We want to be congratulated for the big things before we're consistent in the little things. I thought that was a good one. Which brings me to this thing that Zach and I were talking about the other day. How Steph, Steph Curry single-handedly ruined middle school basketball. Now, if you're not a basketball fan, you're like, Steph Curry, who's that? He's arguably the most popular player in the NBA because he's about this tall. <laughs> like, I heard him talking to that. They're like, Steph Curry is the most popular player because he just looks like an average guy. Any Atlanta Braves fans in the house? Are you brave enough to say that you know who Greg Maddox is? Dude looks like an optometrist, am I right? (laughs) Does not look like he should be like pitching in the World Series, ever. And he would mow people down, right? And Steph Curry's like that. He just looks like a normal guy, but that dude can shoot the ball, right? Like he has, if they ever extend the three-point line, it'll be because of him, right? Or they'll say like, Hey, if you hit this from here, it's four points. If, if he hits it, it's just two, right? I mean, he is, he's ridiculous. 
I think he could probably just like dribble across half court, turn with his back to the basket, do that, and it would go in, nothing but net. It's crazy. And I happened to be coaching, <laughs> that's funny, I was coaching middle school girls basketball when he really became a big deal. And so I would go into basketball practice, and we practiced after the boys, I would, I, I, before the boys, the boys would come into practice, and they would start like shooting, and they would shoot from Steph Curry land, middle school boys. They're not even sure how to work their bodies, right? <laughs> middle school boys. They smell bad. They, don't, they, haven't, they haven't discovered deodorant yet. It's not good, right? And they would step out on the court, and like even in games, they're just like heaving it up from three-point land. And as a coach, this is, what, this is what coaches want to say to middle school boys. Dude, I would just love for you to be able to hit it from five feet away. Just like, just stand here, and there's just, if you could just score from here. And they're like, ah, that's, I don't want, that, nobody wants to hit a layup. I'm going to go way back here. <laughs> Throw it like that. Steph Curry legitimately ruined middle school basketball because everybody wanted to hit the game-winning shot from way back there when they didn't even have the ability to hit from right here. We want to be celebrated for big things. We don't want to be consistent in little things. And here's what I know about Steph Curry. He shoots the ball all the time when nobody's looking, and it's not always from three-point land. The dude is deadly from anywhere on the court. We don't want to do the small things because small things are boring. But Luke 16.10 says this, Jesus speaking, If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. Now, that's not a hope. It's not a prayer. It's a statement. If you're faithful in little things, Jesus didn't say, then you might be faithful in large ones. He said, no, 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 if you're faithful in little, then you will be faithful in large. Which brings us to our final point. If our faithfulness begins in small things, then our faithfulness will continue in all things. Here's your big idea. Big idea. Here's what it means if you're new here. One, Paul's probably almost done. Clap, please. And two... <laughs> If you forget everything I've said and you get this one line, you're good. Here's your big idea. Faithfulness opens the door to more. Faithfulness opens the door to more. And it's because we can be trusted. Listen to this. When we're faithful in little things, then God knows we can be trusted to do the same thing on a different stage. We talk about Beth Moore a lot here, right? She's just a, such a perfect example of somebody who was faithfully teaching a Bible study in her home, small, and now teaches to bazillions of people. But what is she still doing? Bible study. She just writes for a whole lot more people who aren't Baptists, apparently. But. And whenever God's done, she'll go back to what? teaching Bible study. She'll do the same thing on a different stage. That's, that's all faithfulness does. It's, I thought the story of Joseph, right? We don't have time to go through all that, but if you read the story of Joseph, 
I think it's like Genesis 37 to 50. It's like the last 12 chapters of the book. Some people are like, he's really bad at math. Don't get caught up on that. If you study Joseph's life, here's what you'll find. He was the same. He did the same things in Potiphar's house, in prison, and with Pharaoh. Same thing. Because he could be trusted. Because he was faithful. What he did and who he was never changed, even though everything around him was changing. Faithfulness before an audience of one leads to fruitfulness before an audience that must be one. We just don't want to be faithful before one, right? We don't want to be faithful and steadfast, which is what God's looking for right now. People who will be steadfast when everything around them is changing. This is a weird little way to say it, but, you know, we don't like messes. We like to just get as far away from messes as possible. But faithfulness is found when we have faith-filled mess. And we just stay in it. We stay in the mess, and we just say to God, if everybody else leaves, does this sound like something that possibly Jesus might have said? If everybody else leaves, I'm not going anywhere. Hey, I'd like another way besides the cross, but if that's the only way, I'll still go. It's called faithfulness, steadfastness. And what I want you to see is that when we live faithful lives in secret places, I'm not talking about, hey, I'm the best. This is not about you, okay? I'm the best worship leader ever in public. But in private, I'm addicted to porn. I'm the best preacher ever. And my girlfriend on the side told me so. And this double life that people live, y'all, that's not faithfulness. That's a show. Period. Faithful people don't quit because it got hard. It's the hard that proves the faithfulness. Jesus, we don't have time to go into all this. I've got to finish this up. Jesus was faithful to and through the cross. And even he asked for another way, right? But he was faithful to and through it. So what I want for you in, in this series especially, I hope and pray that you get out of this. Not just that when we turn these keys that it unlocks the uncontainable, but when we, when we live these keys in private places. When we are faithful in the secret place, God unlocks more. Faithfulness opens the door for more. More what? I, more lottery winnings. I don't know. Probably not, right? Guess what he opens the door to? More influence. More opportunity, um, probably opportunity to lay your life down, right? He opens the door to more of what he's called us to be. Now, I want to wrap this up with a video. 
that um, I was sent months and months ago, and I was so slow to watch it. And then when I watched it, maybe it's two months ago, I, I immediately knew this is how we're ending the floodgates series. Um, it's, it's nine minutes long, and it's worth every last minute. Um, I'm so glad that you're here to see this, because I don't know if this will even make the live stream. If you're watching us with us, I'm so sorry if you missed this. I'm sorry, but I don't know what copyright laws will do, but um, I want you to sit back. I want you to be comfortable, and I want you to watch on these screens. I want you to watch this principle be played out in front of you, that when we are faithful in the secret place, faithfulness opens the door for more. Let's go ahead. Hello. Hello. What's your name? Hello. Would you like to take a seat? Thank you. Where, Mum? Andrew's mum. Andrew started showing interest in dance when he was about 11. He really got into Strictly Come Dancing. He used to reenact all the dances in our living room. He had a natural rhythm. He knew to put a tango face on or shake his hips to the samba. It just made him feel joyful and that's what started him on his love of dance. I think I, I, I love it, Mum. He's got the memory to use a whole stage. Look forward. I've got a plan. Have you? Okay. It's got one. Wor- yeah. It's a bit worrying. If you fall over, remember, just carry on. If you what? go wrong, fall over. Well, just carry on. Yeah. I don't think that. I'm a new balanced boy. Your balanced like, boy. Like Billy Elliot. Andrew, when he walks, he is quite flat-footed, and he, I call him the plodder, and we have a bit of a laugh about it, but he stomps around. But when the music comes on, he has balletic movements, he points his toes, he is just so graceful. Dance has helped Andrew's confidence enormously. His self-esteem has rocketed. To see Andrew on The Greatest Dancer auditioning for all these people, I would be so proud. Beyond proud. Tom, Tom, there he
excitement say how much you thrive from an audience is such a special moment you should be really proud of yourself you clearly need to be doing this more because it does something for your soul you're, you're in your element you did it buddy that was absolutely incredible but I, I just have to say I think you're gonna inspire a lot of people with that performance you just gave us today. So thank you so much for that gift. He's a bit overwhelmed by you, Matthew. Because oh, Glee is his absolute <laughs> favorite program. Yeah. Apart from Strictly, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrew, you are amazing! Once the mirrors open, you were a whole different person. I was like, yes! Yes, Andrew! <laughs> Andrew, how are you feeling? Fantastic. Aww. I'm Mum, you must be so proud. I'm beyond proud. I really am beyond proud. He, he does, you're quite right. He just comes to life in good dance, and it's his absolute passion. Oh, 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 yeah. You want to be up there? Yeah, I Do you want to go up? Yeah. Come then. Wasn't that amazing? 
amazing. Come on, Tom. Come with me, mate. You ready, bro? Guys. Andrew's best mate, Tom, wants to say hi. because it makes us all feel so good. Guys, give it up for Andrew! and do what he loves most. Hey, that was your stage, wasn't it? His spirit is what this show is all about. Yes. You know? I loved it. Loved it. <laughs> Faithfulness opens the door to more. Would you bow your heads? I'm going to ask you to respond, and here's the people that I'm going to ask to respond. I have prayed that God would do a work in his people. And that they would have a hunger for the secret place, for the small things. That that boy would have been content to dance in a room by himself. And because of that, a door was opened to a greater opportunity. Church, faithfulness does that. I'm not calling you to a big thing today. I'm calling you to a small thing, to faithfulness in small places. And as the band just closes this out with a song, I'm going to ask you to respond. Yes, I'm going to ask you to step to the front of this church and say, I will be faithful, God. I will be who I always have been. I will no longer live different than my DNA. I will be and I will live faithfully. Come on, just start moving, church. Just start moving. We're going to wrap this series up simply saying to God, hands lifted, my life will be a key that unlocks the uncontainable. Whether it's giving, whether it's forgiving, whether it's faithfulness, whatever it requires, my life will be the key that unlocks the uncontainable. You will find in me someone like Joseph who is the same, whether he's in, a, in Potiphar's house or in prison or the second in command in a country. I will not change. I will be the same. I will be steadfast. Whether... whether church is popular in America or whether it's not I will not change I will stay steadfast 
You can count on me, God. I will carry the mission and I will not fumble it. I will be faithful. This is the remnant that he's looking for. Mm. Would you just lift your hands to the Lord? And would you just receive right now the power of the Holy Spirit? A power that is given to us, not so that we can have phenomenal services, although that's fantastic, but so that we will live out there what he has put in here. us God again with your spirit whisper things to us in secret that you can trust us to be faithful to speak in public find us in the faithful secret place so that you can send us to public places Open the floodgates of heaven, I pray. And release a blessing that we cannot contain. That we must share. That must flow through us to others. I'm going to ask you just to spend the last few moments of this service worshiping before an audience of one i know that there are a lot of people here next to you but could you just let them fade away just for a moment can it just be you and your savior would you just respond to him now just take a moment and just Worship Him. Give yourself faithfully in worship to the audience of one. Without thought of doors opening, of greater opportunity, because there is no greater opportunity than this moment between me and my Savior. This is it, y'all. This is, this is the whole point. So don't squander it. Enter it. Worship Him. I'll come back and I'll, I'll commission, us, commission us in prayer. But take this time, you and Him, just worship.
Come on, with unveiled faces. Come on, unveiled faces. Just worship. Just worship. You and him. I really felt like I needed to commission you at the end of this series. Um, that's a fancy word for I'm sending you out, and I don't know where. 
<laughs> right? Like I think about Abraham. God was like, hey, leave that place you know and just start walking. Simple obedience produces supernatural outcomes. And so um, if, you've, if you're new to the church, then when I say that things have really changed, you're like, I don't think so. But if you've been here a while, holy cow, things have really changed. But the mission has not. And what we're called to do has not. And a world that needs Jesus has not. And he's looking for faithful people to sin. And I want to pray that over you. Whatever 2022 brings, can you believe we're already at the end of this year? Whatever 2022 brings, and at this point, who knows? The one thing I do know is that it's going to bring Jesus to a lot of hurting people. And he's looking for a church that will be the vessel that takes Jesus to those people. And I just believe that I'm looking at that, right? I'm looking at that in this room. So I want you just to raise your hands, and I just want to close out this series by just commissioning you, hear me properly, to be the key that unlocks the uncontainable. God, there are needs in our city. There are needs in our church. There are, there are places and positions that are empty and need faithful ones to be promoted by you into those areas. And so I just pray a commission and a blessing over these, God, who are responding to you right now. That you would find in them people who are willing to be the key that unlocks your blessings for people. That you would be able to flow through them, God, to get to others. That they would be the most faithful, the most forgiving, the most generous people in our city, God. And that our city would come to, to meet Jesus through them. God, whatever that means in this place, if it means serving, if it means leading, whatever it means, what it always means is faithfulness in a secret place first. And so I pray, God, and just an impartation of a hunger for prayer like they have never had before. I pray that they would hear prayer meeting and it would be the most important thing that they could do in that week. I pray that you would meet them in their quiet place, in their home, that you would meet them when we gather corporately here, that our lives, God, would be laid out before you well before they're laid out before men. I pray the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. I pray for gifts of the Spirit to operate in them, Lord. I pray that they would bring your power to the powerless, your hope to the hopeless, your love to the loveless, and that people would be changed because they said yes. Simple obedience produces supernatural outcomes. And so we wait in expectation to hear the stories of supernatural outcomes. You are changing people's destinies, God. You are writing people's stories 
It is not over when you hold the pen. And so find in us, God, find in us that remnant, Lord, that just says yes to you, regardless of what that means next. I thank you, Father, for that. In your name, Jesus. Somebody say amen and bless you. Hey, listen, here's what's going to happen next. Out in that lobby is food. We've been doing this for a couple months now. It's my favorite. Well, this is my favorite part, but this is my next favorite part. Is you're just going to go get food. You're going to hang out in here in the lobby. Please, if you've got kids, go check them out of Family Life first. And, um, man, don't rush off. Minister to people. Love on people. Hug people. Get to know somebody new. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Eat tons of food.